Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That's not something I really have ever talked about publicly, but I, um, yeah, I have actually not had a drink for two and a half years. Wow. Okay. So it became a problem. It definitely became a problem, you know, and I didn't drink at work. I didn't drink during the week, but that doesn't mean that my relationship with alcohol or mood and mind altering substances was healthy. Mm -hmm. Like I... I've never had a healthy relationship with that stuff. It's really funny, actually. I saw one of the guys who was a cameraman um, for Big Brother, and he said to me, I knew you were an alcoholic. He said, I saw you. Like, I would hide alcohol under the bed, oh, and really? then Big Brother would... Because they didn't show any of that. Yeah. But I was just a kid that was like, I'm not going to get any more booze for two days. Yeah. Like, hell, I'm going <laughs> to give my booze away. I'm not sharing it out. Yeah. And then of course Big Brother would call me on it because they see everything. Camilla to the diary room. Please bring your can of beer that you've got squirreled away under your bed with you. You know, oh so I never really had a good relationship with that stuff. I'm sorry guys, I'm a real grump when it comes to reality TV. I find it insulting to be honest. Beautiful young people don't need TV shows to find love or renovate apartments or live their food dream. They need TV shows to get on TV, to get famous. So just be honest about it. That's probably why I have a soft spot for the rudest, crudest and least pretentious reality show of all time, Big Brother. There was no premise to Big Brother. It was unashamedly about getting on TV and trying to get famous. And one of the standout personalities of Australian Big Brother was Camilla. Remember Camilla? Camilla Severi. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm revoltingly gullible and a little bit naive. But at the same time, I love a bit of conflict. And if there's a debate to be had, I'll be in it. Would you please welcome Camilla? She, uh, she was the turkey slap girl. You turkey slap me, are you? No. You are, you're lying. So? Let me in. <laughs> now, I apologise to her and to everyone involved for saying that up front, but, you know, that's kind of how we describe her to each other. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, and she knows that that's how we describe her to each other, and we will chat about that in this conversation, but there, of course, is a lot more to Camilla. And certainly in the years since Big Brother, a lot has happened in her life. She's at a very interesting 
positive, great place in her life now. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm Michelle Laurie and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. You just need to know a little bit of history about Camilla's career in the last couple of years because she brings it up later. The radio industry is very tumultuous, can be. Certainly I've had a tumultuous couple of months and I'm about to change networks myself. Well, a couple of years ago, I left Nova in Brisbane and Camilla changed networks to replace me. We knew each other from around the traps in Brisbane at the time, but I had no idea how difficult things became for her after I left town. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. You're living in Bali with your son and your partner. Yeah. His dad, your, your son's dad is also nearby, right? He lives about a kilometre down the road. Great. So Good Glenn relationships and, with everyone? Yeah, Glenn and I separated when Charlie was about four. So what was that? In 2012. It was actually not long after I um, joined the team at Nova. Glenn and I separated. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a difficult time. Separation is that way, right? Yeah. Both of us were angry, but we were amicable in a lot of ways too. And... You know, we had a house together, dog, kid, this whole life that had been quite public, yeah. actually, at the time. Like, you know, my whole relationship with Glenn from yeah. woe to go was very public. Because you worked with him, right? So, and yeah. you hadn't been in Brisbane long when you, it seemed yeah. to me that you'd been there a short period of time and then you were pregnant to the sound guy. The audio, the audio well, producer. It's not, you know. Like, wow. But you're kind of not wrong. Like, okay. here's what happened. We, we, um, I would like walk into his office and kind of hang around and be like, what are you doing, Glenn? And he, you know, Glenn is this, he's just a beautiful person. And, and I was very attracted to that. And I was very new and I didn't know many people. And, you know, he was kind of very guarded. He had his own life. He's ten, nine years older than me. And he kind of, you know, just kind of was doing his own thing. And um, after a while, we started dating, and about five months later, we were pregnant. Wow. Yeah, but you know, like, my, my heart was already very much in it, and you know, we'd said the I love yous, and you know, it wasn't that we were kind of just totally yeah. not into it, but... But what a roller coaster! So, uh, you know, you'd that been was in coming Big Brother. Off, yeah, that was coming off Big Brother. And you were kind of the standout person of your series of Big Brother. And I then was you mad. went. Yeah, you were I crazy, but that's that's the point of it, you I know. Was young and mad. Yeah, but that's the point. That's what you're meant to be. You're meant to be young, and confused, and then put into this environment that's really challenging and crazy, and you're trying to get up every day and cope with it all. And it was really crazy. Like I was actually thinking the other day how I don't do no sleep anymore. Nah. Yeah. At all. Like I need eight hours, and they starved us of sleep. You know, yeah. apart from the fact that they would starve us of sleep for two nights and then hand us booze, you know? Yeah. And, um, but they do that everywhere. They do that on MasterChef. They do it everywhere. They, they make sure you can't sleep. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that yeah, about the series. It's, it's a, a technique. It's technique. absolutely what they do. Even The Bachelor, they do it everywhere. They, they realise that lack of sleep makes you go crazy and that's what makes great TV. Yeah. And it did, you know? Like, I was pretty nuts and... Some pretty intense things happened on that series as well, and you know, but I loved it at the time. It was the it was the perfect thing for me at the time. Yeah. If you said to me, "Do you want to go and hang out in a house for three months?" You know, like everyone's going to be watching your every move today. I'd say no thanks. Yeah. But back then, it was just like that's what's amazing to me about you being here. You tucked away in this like suburban Bali house. And I always think of you as being at the centre of things. I always think of you as being from Big Brother, 
to breakfast radio that you were very good at and you were very open with and you were very open about your life there. And then I remember opening the paper one day and it said you were dating um, Ed Sheeran, I think, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that well, totally makes sense I to need, me. I need this right now. Yeah. And um, so, you know, fast forward having Charlie and being very much in the spotlight and... Um, you know, then I made a, a decision to move from B105 to Nova, which was pretty controversial. And looking back on it, I made the decision based on fame, ego, money, like all of the stuff that kind of doesn't run my world anymore. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, and right. I can kind of reflect on that and go, hmm, interesting, rather than being too emotive about it and blaming or shaming or being angry. But at the time, that was where I was at. That was who I was, you know, and that's okay too. And, you know, I did my... I did my best to do that move with the integrity that I had at the time, but I didn't have a higher power in my life. I didn't have any God consciousness. I didn't have any idea of, you know, I didn't have any way of kind of sitting with myself and going, you know, what, what are the, impl the real implications of this behavior, Camilla? You know, yeah. like I kind of really just went, well, it must be right. Cause it, you know, it's kind of like, um, when you meet someone and they want to date you and you just kind of do it without kind of really deeply considering, well, hang on a second, do they match me? Do they fit? It seemed to me to be a move up for you at that time as well, just only because I thought you'd be able to be yourself here. You but know? you know, here's the, here's the irony of the situation. I didn't actually know who I was. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, it's taken me this space and what's it been maybe three years or perhaps even a bit more to kind of go, ah... Oh, like, I, I probably know so much more about myself in a, a few more years, but um, I'd come off at a time at B105 or, you know, in radio where my opinions weren't really popular opinions, you know? And um, I was encouraged a lot to kind of look at what the popular female opinion was and kind oh. of and do that. And in that process, I kind of lost myself, you know? I didn't really know who I was. So, of course, when I get this phone call from you know, an opposition radio station saying, come and work for us. Mm. I went, great, I can be myself. And then I got there and went, and I have no idea who I am. <laughs> so, and it is such an intense team environment, isn't it? It's like... You're getting up at ridiculous yeah, o'clock. You're at and your you're worst. Doing, you're doing that continuously yeah. for days on end. Yeah. And my behaviour on the weekend wasn't exactly conducive to catching up. Yeah, right. So I would be partying on the weekend and then getting back to work and being pretty frazzled. Yeah. And that's why I say it was a problem, you know, definitely. I was flying to Melbourne and Sydney constantly trying to keep my profile up, but with the same result, mm. just being tired and pissed off at work. But, you know, I think fame is a type of mood and mind-altering yeah. substance. And I can get very addicted to that kind of... Um, Hey, like I'm human, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know that the type. There's a lot written about the type of person who applies for a, a Big Brother or a reality show like that. You know? Narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the word that's used. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think I'm a narcissist today, but I have taken the quiz a couple of times. You know, every now and then you page through Cosmo and you yeah. go, "Oh, right." It, it's asking about, are you with a narcissist man? Yeah, but I was right. always like, oh, yeah, I'm just right, filling it out for a friend. <laughs> um, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not that. But, yeah, like I was all about me at the time. I was all about me. I put my radio career ahead of being a mother, mm -hmm. ahead of being a woman. Like it was more important. And um, 
And so consequently, when that came crashing down, and it did in quite spectacular fashion, you know, I got taken off the air. Yeah. Um, my identity was shattered because I had no kind of concept of who am I outside of this anymore, you know? Yep. Quite a lot of formative years, 22 to 28, in the spotlight like that and kind of went, oh, my goodness, what do, who am I now? What do I do with myself? And what I have to own is that my behaviour around that wasn't, you know, it wasn't conducive for Nova to be able to move me around the company very fluidly. I made some statements on Facebook, which then got printed in the media. And, you know, I have to own that. Like, that's my doing. That's, once again, not having that kind of centeredness to go, what's, what's smart here? Am I going to cut my nose off to spite my face or am I going to do something really, really clever? And there were jobs on the cards in regional stations. Absolutely. Okay. You know, it's not like they said, away with you. Okay. But I had a family at that stage, you know. Glenn and I had separated. Yeah. I was living in Brisbane. And, you know, it had come to my... It come, I'd had to come to terms with the idea that I hadn't been a really present mother for a while. And so I kind of wanted to start being there. Like, it was really... I missed out on first word, first step, first lots, you know, yeah, right. for radio. And then, you know, I said to I said to Glenn, so there's this job that's come up in regional wherever and this and that, and he just said, we're in Brisbane. Like, I can't uproot, and we weren't together. Yeah. I can't uproot my life for you. And I think that's a really healthy boundary that he set, yeah. you know, that went, okay, if you want to do that, that's acceptable for you, but I'm not uprooting my life for your career anymore. And, um, and I think that you need to be here for your kid. And so I did. And that was the right thing at the time. Um, but in quite spectacular fashion, I, I was melting down, you know, like I'm, I'm actually really grateful. At the time I was quite bitter. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was really uncomfortable. And I remember you wrote me a Facebook message saying, don't let this ruin you. You know, don't let this, I can't remember the exact words, but um, basically, don't let this take you down. And I just, I was angry, you know, I was really angry. And that so subsided. I mean, I look at my life now and I'm so grateful for the, the changes that I've had mm. and the opportunities and, you know, even if it's just to take some time off to sit with myself and reflect. Because the person that I was running from a lot was just right here, you know. And what do they say? That we're the person that we have to spend the most time with. Mm. So we better get to know them and hopefully end up liking them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I said, I never had a healthy relationship with drugs, alcohol, partying, men, my family for a long time. My sister and I were almost estranged. Like, you know, life wasn't the pretty picture that I was often encouraged to paint. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to say that I was this terribly troubled person and, you know, I'm certainly not going to paint anything that that wasn't there it was I think I just struggled to stand still for any length of time and um yeah and actually when I eventually left radio completely so that was around February in 2012 was it 12 or 13 I can't actually remember but shortly after that I spent some time in rehab Oh, wow. And that was a really amazing experience for me, you know? Like, I, um, <laughs> I, was, I was made to stop. My ex said to me 
that you need to get yourself in check. Otherwise, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose your kit. And um, and I don't think he meant that he was gonna stop me from seeing him. I just, you know, our relationship was getting more and more separate. I was living in an, a penthouse apartment in the middle of Brisbane. They were living in the suburbs. I was partying. I had this. I had money. Oh. So Charlie wasn't living with you. No, I mean he would stay with me. Look, he would stay with me on and off, but... Um, but how was that? I mean, when oh people... Oh, my God. I've just said it. Like, people must have said that to you constantly. Oh, Charlie's not living with you. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's another one... It's a big deal in of, our culture. Well, it's another one of those, um, you know, those things between men and women. Like, mm. so a man goes out, a, a high-profile man goes out, gets drunk, makes a fool of himself on the street... And a couple of days later, he's cleaning up his act on the Today Show and it's all sorted. Yeah. If a woman does that, she has problems, yeah. you know? And so I feel like there is some shaming. Yeah, totally. A Otherwise, isn't she actually. home with her kid? And yeah, totally. totally. And, you know, uh, alcoholism doesn't, is not really selective. Sorry, it's not a gender biased thing. Mm. Like, I was born with the gene, it's, my family's riddled with it you know and on the other side it's a pack of codependence and I say that with love you know I say that with all love because I have a huge amount of compassion these days because I got all that but um I, it's not like I woke up and went oh right that's what's wrong with me I just my life was kind of falling apart mm. like I'd lost my job um, my son wasn't living yeah look he would be with me two days on two days off but I was always pushing for more time I, I you know yeah. t- away yep Sadly, I mean, it's it's not a part of my life that I'm terribly proud of. But in saying that, again, those kind of di- those deeper rock bottoms or those places that that take you down, that means that you can rebuild. Mm. That means that you can grow. Mm. It means that, um, like, I have freedom today that I just did not have five years ago, and that has nothing to do with not being in the spotlight. That has to do with being peaceful. Like, that has to do with my own inner struggles. Mm. And so, um, yeah, actually, you know, I was really nervous when you said, hey, let's catch up. Because I was thinking, well, firstly, what the hell am I going to talk about? And secondly, like, this is who I am today and I'm not ashamed of it at all. So if I'm going to talk to someone, I need to be really kind of transparent, you know, like not hide the fact that that's been my journey. And so I spent a couple of months overseas. I spent a couple of months at a rehab um, in Thailand. And um, I learned so much about me, you Mm. know. Like I... um, People think that rehab is for celebrities and, and, you know, there were people in there with process addictions like sex addiction, gambling, food. You know, there were people there obviously dealing with intense drug addiction and alcohol. And for wow. me, I, you know, I didn't exactly cartwheel in there a, a shambles. I, you know, I didn't have to detox or anything like that. But for me, it was just a case of kind of starting to recognise that I don't have a healthy relationship with those external things, those feel-good things yeah. that kind of bump me up. Yeah. And so um, I made the decision that it was time to kind of take a different turn and changed my life like it really really changed my life it was an amazing experience and so um I spent some more time in Brisbane but really quietly you know like kind of just doing life and yeah 
Did it still hurt? I think it would hurt me if um, if I didn't have a job. Like at the moment, I'm thinking when you talk about everything crashing down, I can totally relate to that. I, I, I can totally feel that in just thinking about it. Mm. And then after that, like how long did it take to stop hurting that – to get to the point you're in now where you don't even own a TV, you don't know who's got what job where, you don't know, you don't care. You know, how long did it take you to stop hurting that you weren't employed in the entertainment industry at that time anymore? It took a bit. Yeah. It took a bit. I'm not going to lie, you know. But I was smashed at the yeah. time. Like, I was in a million pieces. I didn't, like, you yeah. know, I was really, really hurting. And, and I... um. I behaved really badly around that time, you know. I don't blame you. It's horrible. Yeah. So it was um, a very interesting period in my life and taught me an enormous amount of life lessons. Yeah. And, yeah, it took me – I probably – it probably took me to be in Bali maybe even at the start of this year okay. to really let go the last bits and own my part. Like, here's the thing, because blaming – makes me the victim, right? Okay. And that's yeah. really easy to do, but it kind of leaves me at the mercy of what other people do to me rather than going, okay, so I have a part in everything I do and I can create my own identity, my own reality. And then walking with that means that if something like that happens, I can kind of look at it and go, hmm, I had a part in that too. Gee, I didn't make it very easy for them to move me around the company. Gee, you know, I behaved kind of badly. Oh, I was drinking a lot. I did this, I did that, you know. And then I don't have to blame, but I can kind of go, hmm, it's not all on the other person, you know. And I guess I can do that with different situations today. But that was a really, that was kind of a bit of a... um, an awakening to kind of learn that about the situation like oh right you're not the victim in all this yeah you know? I guess and there's opportunity you know who's to say that I'll never work in radio again yeah. I mean maybe maybe one day it'll happen for me again I loved it there's a lot of pressure on um, reality TV graduates too I think when they want to make a career in show business do you think it's like there's an attitude of we'll see we'll see how this one goes and you know and I don't mind that we'll okay. see attitude I really don't mind kind of going well the cream rises to the top essentially those people who want to get up at 3 30 in the morning for six seven years well you know I I did that yeah so um so fine and um I think what there is is there's sometimes an there's a little bit of jealousy or anger towards people that kind of walk off the street from a reality TV show and land in a breakfast job. Yeah. And I definitely felt that with other radio announcers. I mean, not overtly. And, of course, once I became friends with them and they realised I was just a human being, it was fine. But there was definitely this, like, I'm sorry? So, what, you spent three months on TV and now you get to work in radio? What is that, part of your prize pack? You yeah, know? yeah. And it's not... And it's not that way. It's not that way, you know. Like, there are people who do kind of flip in and out of the industry. There there are other girls like Daniela Pola who was on Big Brother. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For not as many months as I and a different series altogether, but she's been working her ass off for years to get into radio and has finally got a gig, I think, in Adelaide. Mm. And when I saw that on Facebook, I was like, go, girl. Because she really wanted it, mm. you know? And, um, yeah. You know, to be honest, <laughs> when people come off a reality TV show, everybody goes, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you mm. want to do? Like there is this expectation that you should go and work in the media. Not A, not everybody wants to. Yeah. And B, not, not everyone's suited to it. Like mm. some people were put on those reality TV shows to be the quiet one or to be the instigator of arguments, not... Yeah. No, not everyone's got media talent. No, yeah. not necessarily. And you're reminding me of that time, the first time I met you was at Rove. Do you remember? And you had just, you had just left the house maybe 24 hours before or no, something. No, I don't remember it, Michelle. And yeah. you know what? I was so in shock. I can imagine. And you had sunglasses on the whole time <laughs> and you sort of sat apart from people. There was a big room of makeup artists because everyone from Big Brother was on that night, all the evictees. And so they were all in there. And I remember just peeking in there and seeing you just sitting apart and you looked... Frail. Tra- yeah, traumatised. Your shoulders were around your ears and you had these dark sunglasses on and you were just like... But I was intoxicated. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I was intoxicated yeah. because, like, that's what my brain tells me to do yeah. when I'm under stress. My brain goes, you definitely need a drink. Yeah. Now... You know, I remember my agent, who was really, really great to me. I slept through my first round of interviews, you know, that morning of. Yeah. I had publicists coming in the bedroom going, Camilla, you're missing them. And I was just like, care less. Yeah. You know, like I had this really couldn't care less. And my agent said to me, Camilla, like, you're hot property. Like, clean your act up, for goodness sakes. And I was just like... I was on a bit of a rampage. Like, yeah, I'm off. I'm off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was this hilarious experience where my best friend and I were kind of raiding the mini bar, and the security guard came in and said, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on you girls because you cannot leave. And I was like, well, then you're going to have to put up with me taking my clothes off. And he was like kind of shielding his eyes, but there I was ripping my gear off because I hadn't been naked oh, for yeah. three and a half months. <laughs> And he was just, I mean, God, I had to see him about two years, three years maybe after that. And he just said, do you remember me? (laughs) And I was like, nah. And he relayed the story. And I was just like, oh, my God, that was you, you know? Because I was just, you're pretty mad when you come off there. Yeah. And you'd been through the whole turkey slapping business as well. Yeah. So did you know inside the house that obviously when the two boys were removed, did you realise this must be a massive deal outside? So the rogue traders played for us oh, that night. Oh, that's right. And we yeah. were all dancing around and I kept, I swear, no one else was looking for them, but I kept going, where are Ash and John? Wow. And <clears throat> they were gone. Yeah, They were right. just gone. And so afterwards we got pulled in and Big Brother kind of said, this is what's going on. And, you know, I kind of was like shocked and burst into tears. And But, you know, I got quizzed a lot 
in private by the producers and and I just said you know it was three kids kind of having fun I guess again I I they broke the rules but you know I didn't handle it perfectly like yeah I was, but again you're a kid yeah I was a kid I really was yeah. I was 22 <laughs> sleep yeah. deprived yeah. in a crazy environment yeah. and yes I did know that something big was going on because I was sunbaking about two days later or maybe a day later I can't remember but a helicopter came down and, and someone with a telephoto lens was kind of leaning out of it oh my and God. taking photos. And Big Brother, this is Big Brother, get inside everyone, you know, and we were in lockdown and Camilla wasn't allowed to. And, you know, I wow. remember feeling really quite, um, so I had panic attacks. I had a couple of panic attacks around that time and, you know, Big Brother put me in the, the bedroom, turned all the lights off for me. I mean, it was unheard of. Um... I just wish it hadn't, you know, I kind of wish it hadn't happened in a lot of ways. Like, I don't have a regret. Yeah. But I kind of wish it, well, I suppose that is a regret. I just wish, I wish things had been slightly different around that because it ruined it for them, you know? It ruined it for them so much. And, and that followed me around too. Absolutely. For, for a really long time. Mm. Like, I didn't get off scot-free by any standard. Mm. People wanted to make me this... Madonna yeah. or whore. Yeah. Like they wanted to make me some kind of representation of a woman that had been sexually violated or a woman that um, had been promiscuous and had... When really it was three kids who... You know, I was jumping on everybody's bed that night. I was mad. Yeah. And... Um, no, you, you, know, can't, you can't win. You can't no, win I, that I couldn't win in that situation. And, yeah. you know, there was a Big Brother reunion a few years ago maybe 2012 and they did like an a current affair kind of reunion and they must have hand selected a, a whole bunch of us from different series and I got asked to go and you know I thought oh is this smart you know is it all going to be dragged up and of course I went along of course <laughs> of course yeah. I did um and you know there's part of me that's really sentimental too like I feel like I've got this kind of other family with big brother as well we yeah. all had a shared experience and when I went, this woman that I'd never met before in my life, and if I had, I swear I did not remember her, she was like a junior producer or she worked behind the scenes in some way. She walked up to me at the after party, right, and she said, you know how you behaved in that situation was despicable. And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, you know, those boys really suffered. You could have done that so differently. And she was really quite acerbic and trite and, like, shooting some arrows at someone that I like I was totally unguarded you know and I just was like where is this coming from mm. and it, it kind of gave me a bit of an insight into the there was a wider opinion around the big brother community and especially with the, the housemates that were with us and a few of them said it to me you didn't stand up for those boys you didn't wow. when they left you didn't offer to leave and I mean I'm sorry but like hell I was gonna do that you know yeah I know that my behaviour wasn't perfect, but essentially, I didn't actually break the rules. Yeah, absolutely. No. You know, like, I, I didn't. No, so, you didn't. You know, so whatever, you that's know. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Because and that's the other side of it. It's like, I don't expect you, I don't expect you to, you know, behave like a victim of a sexual crime. No. Because I understand that the circumstances around it. But at the same time, to accuse you of committing, you know, some kind of 
inappropriate act is outrageous. You did have someone's cock slapped in your face. How that was your fault or how you should have taken some responsibility for that is amazing. You know, it was one of those things that um, looking back on it now, I wish... I wish that I'd had more maturity. I wish that I'd been able to kind of keep my head around it a bit more because there was a part of me that bought into the idea that I'd been violated. Okay. There was. You know, there was... And that's a long time ago. Like, I've since so cleaned that up in my head. But there was this part of me that went, well, hang on, that wasn't appropriate. And looking back on that, you know... It's that kind of youngness that lets you kind of get fed into other people's opinions. Yeah. And it wasn't appropriate, but I guess in retrospect it would have been interesting and great to kind of hash it out with the three of you, wouldn't it? Maybe would have... that would have been more... Oh, my of... God! Can you imagine? Yeah. Can more beneficial imagine? for the guys to go, wow, I've just realised how inappropriate what I've done is. I get it. I'm sorry. I, you know, if they'd been given the chance to do that and you'd been given the chance to, to talk about that, but this whole whitewashing of it and just, they're gone. Just don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, and, you know, their posters were removed. Their names were removed. It was just, oh. you know, and I really felt for them. There we are celebrating on the final night and, you know, everyone's like, you guys are amazing and, oh, you know, and they aren't there. And mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I mean, it was cruel. It was cruel the way it all happened. But essentially, that's not my fault. It's you know? not your fault. But it does, <gasps> it was again, cruel. to me, in my mind, it's one of those things that seems to put you at the centre of things all the time. In my mind, mm. you are always, without you contributing to it, a lot of the time you are just at, at the centre of things. It's, I it's... think that's called chaos. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't have that anymore. No, it's no. It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't have that kind of chaos. You're very far from the centre of things here. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, I really am. And um, there is part of me that sometimes longs to... That stuff that you were talking about, about that kind of insecurity when you lose your job and go, oh, I'm falling to pieces. That bit of me wakes up every now and then mm. and goes, I must get back to Brisbane or I must get back to Melbourne and let people know I'm still around. And, yeah. You know, and it's, that's not reality. Yeah. I can live, I can be in the moment. I can live here now. You know, I'm present for my son these days. Our relationship is amazing. Like, I'm just, he's such a cool little person. I just, I'm um, so in love with him. And I've got this beautiful man in my life who I just, you know, who teaches me so much about me. And, um, and I'm good friends with Charlie's dad. Yeah. And, um, you know, life's pretty fucking sweet. And yet, yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky. Living in paradise. Um... Yeah, you're a real lesson in that, in in being in the moment and in, in not, it seems to me at the moment, in not yearning for anything else. And, and that took a long time yeah. too. Like that took, when I say a long time, it wasn't like, you know, 20 years or anything <laughs> obviously, yeah. but there, it's a daily process for me of that kind of reprieve from um, wanting something external to fix this. Yeah. You know, I kind of view it as, I'm, so, I'm not religious at all, but I found myself feeling very empty towards mm -hmm. the end of my career in radio. And um, I've heard it described as the God-shaped hole. Yes. And I spend a lot of time using external things to fill my God-shaped hole, whatever it was. I mean, it could have been sugar. Yeah. It could have been 
men, and it was high-profile men. Great, stick one of those in that god-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that sounds awful. But um, <laughs> you know, like it could have been anything. It could have been fame. It could have been money. It could have been drugs. It could have been alcohol. Whatever it was, I was always yearning for that external thing to make this okay. And today, I practice, you know, trying to just be enough. Like I don't have to be perfect, but I just want to be. I just like to be enough. You know, and I've had this come up with my kid recently where, you know, he's like, daddy's more fun than you. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough as a parent. So it shows up. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter what I do. My stuff follows me. Like that will show up in my life. But it, it takes, I honestly think it's like a kind of daily practice. You know, I've heard a bit about or read a bit about your spiritual journey into Buddhism. Mm, mm, yeah. And it's not unlike that. Yeah, you no, know, absolutely. it's kind of a case of just trying to get with the now because there's nothing wrong with the, the right now but I can get so stuck in yesterday and so fearful about tomorrow that I just forget to be where I am so what do you do when that happens when when it wakes up what's your process to deal with it panic <laughs> yeah. life's fucked <laughs> smokes a cigarette no 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 um, what is it you know, I, I, I make it um, a part of my day to connect with women. Mm -hmm. That's not something I used to do. I didn't have a lot of... I had female friends and I had female acquaintances. Um, but my relationships with women weren't great until I probably started this kind of new part of my life where okay. I kind of actively sought to be connected with women and didn't get my connection with men, you know? Didn't feel my place in the world was was of value or um, that I was okay because a guy said I was, you know? So, um, yeah, I connect with women. Um, I connect with amazing women every day, you know? This makes a difference, There's some it? seriously spiritual yeah. goddesses around the joint. Like, yeah. if you make the effort, they're around, you know? Mm. And um, if I kind of stop looking at them or giving them this kind of masked version of me and I meet... I find if I meet people on a real level they feel more comfortable to meet me on a real level so you know I do that and you know I'm not going to say I'm any kind of spiritual giant with it but I try and meditate I try yeah I try to yeah it's really Man, hard yeah it? it's really hard I meditate hard. sometimes with one eye yeah. open on the clock going is the 10 minutes up yet I know I know I know it's really hard but it's yeah. do you know it never because I'm into instant gratification yes. right? I want it to be fixed now yeah. and meditation is never for today it's for tomorrow yeah. and I get that about it you know that if I do it daily mm. then I get benefit but if I yeah. it's kind of like yoga you know if I hop into a yoga studio once a month yes. I'm not going to get that kind of connection with that thought, breath, mind, body, soul thing yeah. that they all go on about. And yeah. I kind of always looked at these yogic women and scratched my head and I was like, what, what, are they, what is this about? Yeah. And so I have a yoga practice in my life these days. Wow. It's not perfect, but it's, it's part of my life. And, um, you know, and I practice the principles of a recovering life too, you mm. know. I don't pick up a drink one day at a time. I... Um, you know, I try and live a clean life these days. And that means, you know, the way I talk and the way I behave as well, which is not easy. Like I... No, it's not. I have a propensity for misbehaviour. Yeah, yeah. And you That's find... always... I'm a mischievous creature, you know. <laughs> you are, that yeah. girl on Big Brother that likes to create chaos yeah. still lives within me. Yeah. I just realised that I have the ability to use those powers for good these days, not evil. <laughs> 
you know, and I do, there are other things. Like I occasionally go into the prison here in Bali mm -hmm. and um, spend some time with recovering addicts and alcoholics there too. And mm. that's amazing. Mm. Very rewarding. Um, yeah. Can you imagine Camilla from Big Brother thinking about going into a Balinese prison. prison to work with and to give of herself to people in there with no one else knowing about it and just uh, as, as part of her sort of altruistic practice? Well, I guess even selfishly, the reason why I kind of mentioned that, I was like, I wonder if it's going to sound like all I do all day is yoga and <laughs> sit on my ass. <laughs> like That's I get fine. my nails done at Think Pink down the road <laughs> yeah. and... That's yeah, fine. you know, sip on mocktails and it's all fabulous. You know, um, I also need things to remind me that I'm, you know, I'm useful. Yes, yeah. That's what that's about. It's it's not, it, there is some selfishness with that too, you know. Like I want, I, I need to feel useful. I have to have things to do in the day. I keep very busy. So then. did you really go out with Ed Sheeran? No. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, so... Around the time that I'd kind of finished up in radio, um, Ed and I had kind of become friends. And um, I'd gone to see him at a gig once and we'd hung out. And I was still in a relationship. And, um, yeah, we... Um, he came back to Brisbane and we caught up and we had this fun night out. Like, just crazy fun. Like, you know, going and doing shots at the bar. And, and he's not a big drinker. He's a very chill guy. Like, really, really low-key. And um, I don't know what he's like these days because I haven't chatted to him for a long time. But, you know, there was kind of passing comments of, you should come and hang out with me in Sydney or you should come and check out the tour and, you know, wherever he was going next. And I was like, I might take you up on that. And so when I kind of had this, um, I'm not sure if I was still working in radio at the time. I may have been, but it was definitely coming to a close. Um, I went to the States and I met up with him on his US tour at the time and we had a blast. Yeah, great. But, you know, I was I was a party girl at yeah. the time and he is not that way. <laughs> and um, I kind of pissed the tour manager off, you know. Like I was really getting into all sorts of naughtiness and they're not that way inclined. Yeah, so, right. you know, it was a, it's a sacred zone, that bus. <laughs> And I was, like, messing it all up with my, you know, come on, guys, let's do shots and all of that. And that's, you know, that's just where I was at. And I think he kind of got the message pretty quickly that we were very different humans. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I did a stupid thing. Like, I didn't know. I, I've never talked about this because it's, like, it's kind of a blip in the radar, yeah. really. Um, he's a lot younger than me. We never dated, like hung out maybe, you'd say. Um, I told a mutual friend of ours, which I shouldn't have, right. in radio. Right, And um, the next thing, it was all over the place. All I said was, yeah, I'm, I'm catching up with him on his tour. And the next thing, it was like in the papers. And I was like, oh. oh. And the next thing I had Kyle Sanderlands on the phone to me in the States going, where are you? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm in the States. I'm in Minneapolis. He's like, what are you doing in Minneapolis? I was like, oh, you know, nothing. And he was like, yeah, bullshit. I know what you're doing. And that's when I kind of said, oh. Um, you know, and it kind of all came to a crashing halt. So, again, I um, had a couple of big nights out. And I lost my passport. <gasps> and I had no idea I'd lost my passport because mm -hmm. I didn't need it. 
I think I dropped my handbag and it might have fallen out. But, I mean, who's to know <laughs> in, in states like that? Yes. And so I'm in this, you know, SUV with um, Ed and, you know, like he's got mates. I think the Rizzle Kicks were there as well. And, you know, all of these cool um, passenger who went to number one who, by the way, was writing that song on the bus at the time. Wow, wow. I know. It was amazing, you know. Like, it was just like, what's going on here? And so I've got all these cool people and I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. We get to um, the rooms of Ellen out the front and, of course, I need ID to get in. And I'm, like, searching through my bags. We've got the entire suitcase all over the ground outside of Ellen and everybody just shaking their heads, you know, going... Camilla, this is is what you do. This is you. You're a mess. And so I'd lost my entire wallet and my my passport and there was no ID to get me in. Thank God Ellen is a nice woman (laughs) because she let me into Warner Brothers, whatever it was, um, to watch the taping of the show. Ed played. um, Zac Efron was there that day. You know, like... And there I am, furiously in tears, not paying any attention to what's going on, dialing home, going, I lost my wallet, I've lost my passport. And I guess that's just, you know, if you think about life being a bit chaotic, there it is. There it is. You know? Yeah. And it's no wonder. Did you ever have that that moment of, why do these things always happen to me? Yeah, and that's that... You know, that's that I'm not willing to own my part. I'm not willing to kind of go, hmm, been having a few big nights, not really been kind of taking care of myself, been a real pain in the ass the entire time. (laughs) And then this happens and I just remember saying goodbye that night because that was my last night um, with that particular leg of my trip and then kind of going, bye, (laughs) off you go, no more chaos, see ya. Uh, and that's totally, you know, I look back on that and I that's smile. Great. But at the time, I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. How could I behave like that? In front of the 19-year-old pop star, you know? <laughs> but he's so lovely, you know. He's a really lovely person and I wish him just all the luck. He's just, and, and he doesn't need it. You know, he's yeah. insanely famous and brilliant. You can contact us at michellelaurie.com with guest suggestions and anything else you want us to know. Feel free to leave us a glowing review on iTunes, of course, if the mood takes you. My nitty-gritty teammates are Andy Zito on music, Tim Mountford and Kieran Simpson on technical support and general good vibes. From us to you, have a good one and thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.